There's such a packed program for you today that there's really no time to waste for me telling you this is a great show today. We might record this one today. We might actually save this one today because the show is so packed that it would be a disservice given the huge news I have to discuss with you to spend time talking about the show in a sort of meta sense. And so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk about the show. We're just going to do the show. Okay. And at the top, we have to talk about the collapsing polling numbers for Democrats, not only in the House. We knew the House was probably lost, but also the Senate. And there are a couple of different suspicions I have about why this is happening. Let's reset. Historically, in general, one party wins the White House first midterm. It goes very poorly for that party. Bill Clinton won the White House in 1992, 1994, historic defeat by Republicans in which Newt Gingrich, Republican, comes to power as Speaker of the House and significantly moves the the Republican Party uh, away from Reagan and towards Trump in a story that we've told many times before. Um, An exception to this was in uh, 2000 and 2002, George W. Bush, Republican winning in 2000. Republicans actually doing okay in 2002, considered extenuating circumstances lead up to the Iraq war post 9-11, etc. But generally, we would expect Democrats to do poorly in November. That being said, it looked as though Democrats were clearly going to keep control of the Senate. In fact, there was a close to 70 percent chance, according to the 538 forecast, that that indeed would happen. That has changed. The Senate at this point is basically a coin flip. It's a coin flip with like a slightly heavier head side. So it's like 55, 45. In fact, those are the exact numbers right now. If you look at the 538 forecast, it is a 45 percent chance that Republicans take the Senate 55 percent chance that Democrats win. And if you scroll down the 538 uh, forecast page, which we are linking to, you see the change. You see how the forecast has changed and you see that after peaking right above 70 percent odds for Democrats in mid-September, it has been a slow collapse and then a rapid collapse all the way to what is now basically a coin flip. Now, if we look at the House, Democrats were never favored to keep the House But it didn't look this grim. And unfortunately, the range now of outcomes is with Republicans just barely taking the House by one seat all the way to Republicans holding a nearly 40 seat majority. Democrats now have a 19 percent chance of holding the House. And if you look at how those numbers have changed over time, uh, sorry, here, here it is. You also see that there was a similar inflection point, at which point it became a sort of two to one disadvantage for Democrats in late September. It is now down to a one in five shot for Democrats. Adding on to the not particularly good news, a court has temporarily blocked Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness, which was one of the uh, actions that Joe Biden um, took, which was booing Democrats and improving odds for November. So what is going on here? There's basically two major stories here that I would point to. Number one, it is absolutely the case that when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, given that Americans support Roe v. Wade by a greater margin than at any point in the Roe v. Wade era, that there was anger. 
There was anger from men. There was anger from women. There was there was anger about that decision because it is, after all, a right wing activist Supreme Court at this time. And there was renewed interest in voting and there was energy behind. Listen, if this is what these Republicans are going to do, we've got to elect some Democrats. The timing of that uh, energy seems to be dissipating. And when you now ask people what are the most important issues, they say economy and they say inflation, et cetera. So the, the analogy I used over the weekend on a live stream was if you are getting ready for you know a big test at school and you say, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have a quadruple express espresso express. I almost said the thing espresso. No, I'm going to have a quadruple espresso uh, and I'm going to be all fired up and ready to go. And you take the espresso too early and your energy peaks an hour before the test. And then by the time the test starts, the espresso is wearing off. You've mistimed the surge of energy. And that is the analogy to what I think happened here with Roe v. Wade. Now, the timing wasn't up to us. The Supreme Court had its timing. And I believe that that is one fact, uh, one factor. The other side is that Democratic messaging has not been very good. And later we're going to look at a clip from Gavin Newsom who says, the most dangerous states by by crime rates are all red states. And yet we've let Republicans take over the narrative and say violent Democrat states, violent Democrat states. That's just one example. But I do think the messaging from Democrats has continued to be terrible and the messaging from Republicans has continued to be effective. So those are two major factors. It's really not looking good. Do we give up? Of course not. I mean, listen, if you live in Pennsylvania, you get to vote for the Senate, you get to vote for the governor and other local races. You might as well do it. And then we see what happens. But the numbers overall from a 30,000 foot standpoint are looking increasingly bad for Democrats. And that is very bad for the country because of the delusional extreme nature of the modern Republican Party. And by the way, they're also starting to intimidate voters. Let's talk about that next. This is an unbelievable story. You know, the right loves to talk about uh, ballot drop boxes. They're bad. They're not secure. They're unreliable. And yet the reason that they are not as trusted by some Americans is because Republicans are saying you can't trust them. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a vicious circle. It's endless. And now individuals believed to be right wingers have been spotted in some cases armed at Arizona ballot drop boxes. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs received a report this week about an alleged incident of voter intimidation. Video was obtained by The Washington Post, and we're going to play the video here for you. And I will describe what is visible. There is a man who parks at one of these ballot drop boxes and he walks over and he dumps in his ballot. Perfectly legal. That's what it's there for. This was on October 17th. Uh, this is an early voting drop box. And what you see is that after he walks away, something gets his attention right across the street. He's, he's apparently engaging with someone right across the street. And it seems to start to become sort of uh, combative. And the man later reported that he was being watched, he was being photographed, and he was being heckled as he used that ballot drop box. And again, if you're listening, I'm describing what's on video. The individual eventually getting into his car, uh, backing up and ultimately driving away. But what he says happened was that people were harassing him. Uh, for using that Dropbox. And he ultimately decided to seems like back all the way out um, and go in a different direction. That is uh, exhibit number one. 
We then learned about on Friday, two armed individuals dressed in tactical gear showed up at a Mesa, Arizona ballot drop box. We have pictures here. Um, Eventually, the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office arrived and the individuals left. Uh, There are folks here you see wearing. I don't even know the terms for this stuff. They've got like a uh, I can't tell if that is a leg a band, a leg holster of some kind with one individual. They seem to have a tactical vest, possibly a camera. Uh, who knows what it is that that they all have, but reportedly armed individuals in tactical gear again, allegedly uh, there to apparently there um, to uh, harass and intimidate and all of the things that you would imagine uh, they would be doing. And then there is an additional report of people just hanging out outside Maricopa County Elections Headquarters in Arizona, outside one of two ballot drop boxes. They have their own cameras rolling. They are filming the drop boxes. And uh, here are people and, and they, they're all playing coy. I can't really tell you what I'm doing here. Check this out. So what we're seeing right now is just a bunch of cameras pointing at the drop boxes. What was the name of the group you're with again? Clean Elections USA. Clean Elections USA. And you've been out here how long? I can't answer that. Okay. They claim that they have not said anything to people dropping off ballots. They just have cameras pointed at the drop boxes. They have, you know, a dog, a bunch of cameras, food, et cetera, et cetera. Now, individually, is it against the law to just have a camera across you know, the parking lot from a drop box? I don't know. I don't know. And that's what's being explored right now. But the totality of what's going on in Arizona, and I don't care who's doing it. If you came to me with tears in your eyes and said, sir, these are all Democrats, I would say it's still wrong. Okay, I don't care who's doing it. This is all a form of voter intimidation. And there's also a story here of what appears to be essentially inaction by law enforcement, um, which is another part of this that we're exploring and may have more information about uh, about uh, for you tomorrow. They are, you know, it's uh, the other day, Marco, Marco Rubio said, listen, people don't trust these ballot drop boxes, right? But they don't trust them because you told them they shouldn't be trusted. It's completely circular in every way. And now in order to set to be able to justify their own claims that these drop boxes are just trouble, they are creating trouble at the drop boxes. These are horrible people. This is not pro democracy behavior by any means. And we have to see to it that it is stopped in Arizona. This is listen, I don't know that I needed to do this, but we have now a beautiful, significant, statistically significant, double blind, placebo controlled trial of that little old drug, the antiparasitic drug called ivermectin for covid. Now, I know it's been a while, and so some people may be saying, David, where where is why did you just pull this out of your ear? 
No. For months and months and months, the indifferent to the science right wing was aggressively promoting something called ivermectin to treat covid. They would promote it prophylactically. They would promote it as an acute treatment for covid. There were people like the um, candidate for Arizona Governor Carrie Lake who claimed she was just taking it prophylactically to prevent covid. And my position was, listen, test everything, test spinach, test niacin, test ivermectin, test whatever. But let's have double blind placebo controlled, randomized controlled trials so we can accurately say these things do work for covid or they don't. It would be great if we found something cheap and widely available like apples or ivermectin that was good for covid. But unless we know that it works, it's irresponsible to claim that it does. And the right winger said, you're suppressing this and you're blocking that and you don't want they they don't want the truth to be known. And the more and more and more data that came out, the more we believed it didn't really work. We now have a very good study. And indeed, the sugar pills worked better. Now, I want to be clear. The headline is kind of a joke, right? The headline is ivermectin worse than sugar pills. The sugar pills are a placebo. And what you have is almost identical effects between people actually getting ivermectin and people getting the sugar pill. So the headline is kind of a joke. But the truth is the ivermectin doesn't work. Study released three days ago, effects of ivermectin versus placebo on time to sustained recovery in outpatients with mild to moderate covid-19, a randomized clinical trial. Okay, the key elements here, the question they were asking, folks, this is a science, right? This is what this is how we figure things out. Question, does ivermectin daily for three days Compared with placebo, shorten symptom duration among adult patients over 30 years of age in the United States with symptomatic mild to moderate covid-19. That's the question. Now, you can always come in and say they didn't dose it correctly. They should have tested five days. They should have tested it only on severe covid or only on mild or in patients of 25 years. Okay. Every test is only testing something that's this is what this test is uh, trying to figure out. And the findings determined that ivermectin should not be used in outpatients with mild to moderate covid because it didn't do anything. Okay, when you look at design, setting and participants, this is this is how we folks, this is how we figure out stuff. Um, This was a decentralized. Double blind randomized placebo controlled trial. Okay, decentralized means it wasn't all done at one location. It wasn't okay. We're doing a test at this one hospital. Everybody who's part of the test has to be right here. It wasn't done that way. It was double blind, meaning neither the patients nor the treating individuals, the medical professionals knew who gets the sugar pills and who gets the ivermectin. It was randomized, meaning that there was not a selection of, okay, let's see. You three go in this group and then you four go in the placebo group because that can then uh, be affected by the bias of the experimenters who might consciously or subconsciously say, let's let's like put the healthier people in the ivermectin group because they're more likely to do well. No, it was it was randomized and placebo controlled, meaning some people got a fake drug, but they didn't know. Okay, 
It was designed to evaluate repurposed therapies, meaning drugs that already exist but are being explored for treating covid in outpatients with mild to moderate covid. Okay, fifteen hundred ninety one patients, 30 plus with covid with at least two symptoms and an acute infection less than seven days old, meaning they were started on the trial before seven days of covid had gone by. Okay, very good. Uh, Participants were randomized to get ivermectin or a placebo. The um, okay results. These are this is the, the, the most important stuff here. Okay, the most important things. The median time to recovery was 12 days for the ivermectin group and 13 days for the placebo group. Now, you might say, well, look, the ivermectin group recovered one day quicker. Uh, That difference of 12 versus 13 days is not significant enough to prove ivermectin is more effective than doing nothing. The difference in the number of people being helped by ivermectin and the placebo is so small that there is not evidence that these that one day difference is anything other than just chance. Um, It's essentially the same. And in fact, it's really a range. The median time to recovery was 11 to 13 days for the ivermectin group and 12 to 14 in the placebo placebo group. Now, importantly, what about more serious outcomes? Well, there were 10 hospitalizations or deaths in the ivermectin group and nine in the placebo group. There were fewer deaths in the placebo group and fewer hospitalizations and deaths. Um, Again, not statistically significant. So the the joke is the fewer people died with the sugar pills. The it's not a statistically significant difference. Now, let's say what would be significant in a group of sixteen hundred people with covid. Right. Imagine that only 10 of the people getting ivermectin ended up in the hospital, but 200 of the people getting the placebo ended up in the hospital. Then we would say, whoa, that seems very unlikely to be by chance. The ivermectin maybe was doing something. So the uh, very clean, very, very good study. Now, some of you might be saying, why did we get that early data that ivermectin maybe worked for covid? The best explanation we have for that right now is that ivermectin is an antiparasitic drug. Some of the early populations at whom they threw ivermectin were in countries with a higher prevalence of parasitic infections in humans. The ivermectin treated the parasites and overall people do better, generally speaking, when they don't have parasites. So that would be the explanation of why the ivermectin may have shown a false signal at being effective for covid um, in some very small early tests. All right, we have the data. We can put it to bed, except Carrie Lake still talks about how great ivermectin is. Quick break right back after this. I want to tell you about something I use every day because it simplifies my life. I don't have hours to mathematically plan every meal or take multiple different supplements and vitamins to make sure I'm getting exactly what I want to get every single day. And the solution is our sponsor, Athletic Greens product, AG one. I've been taking AG one for over a year. It's just great. It's just one small scoop of AG one in the morning. I get 75 vitamins, 
minerals, probiotic, all from whole food sources. It's what I want. It's no more. It's no less. It's no extraneous stuff making wild claims. I drink it straight with water because I like the taste. You can put it in a smoothie or juice or a shake. It's just simple. AG1 is a sustainable routine because it's just one scoop in the morning. It takes one minute once a day. I know I'm covered and getting what I want. I can really be sure that I am properly nourishing my body with the things I'm trying to get. That's the most important part. Athletic Greens knows I'm a vitamin D guy. I've talked about in the winter, I take vitamin D to make up for the lack of sun exposure. I take that every day as well. I've mentioned it on the show. And so Athletic Greens is giving you a free year of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Sunset Lake CBD, giving you 20 percent off when you go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code Pacman. Unlike other companies using these cheap synthetic cannabinoids, Sunset Lake CBD extracts natural CBD oil from hemp grown on their family farm outside Burlington, Vermont. Sunset Lake CBD believes this transparent farm to table approach is the best way to spread the benefits of CBD. But don't just take their word for it. A certified third party lab tests every product to ensure accurate dosing. You can easily view the results yourself at sunsetlakecbd.com. Just click on the quality tests tab. A lot of people report CBD being useful for things like insomnia, stress, pain. Producer Pat uses Sunset Lake CBD gummies for sleep. He loves them. I've had their CBD coffee. It's excellent. They also have oils, flour, topicals. Maybe you've been thinking of giving CBD a try. Sunset Lake is where you want to go. They support the David Pakman show. They're socially responsible as a company. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use code Pacman for 20% off your entire order. The info is in the podcast notes. 
Lest anyone forget, I want to remind you that The David Pakman Show is a program that depends on the support of our audience to do what we do. We've grown over the years thanks to audience support now with the multiple YouTube channels and the multi-platform show, the live streams, the podcast, the YouTube channel, all of it. Uh, You can sign up and support the work that we do. It's not a lot of money, but it really goes a long way at joinpacman.com. Joinpacman.com. You can also use the coupon code Obamna, Obamna to get a discount off of the cost of, uh, cost of your membership. That is O-B-A-M-N-A. M-N is Mike Nancy. O-B-A-M-N-A. And you'll get a tidy little discount and instant access to the world-famous bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money, but everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Very much so. Uh, appreciate everybody who signed up over the weekend. Listen, uh, I continue to uh, have this uh, very significant interest in Gavin Newsom as a possible 2024 contender, if indeed Joe Biden were to not run for reelection. Gavin Newsom is not the uber progressive candidate that maybe I would dream of. But you go to war with the army you have, not the army you wish you had. And Gavin Newsom is doing something very, very important. He is accurately, concisely and forcefully describing some of the obvious lies that Republicans are telling and that voters are falling for. And I have to tell you, he's using critical language about Democrats, but it is sort of tough love. And uh, Democrats are terrible on messaging on so many issues. This issue of crime in Democrat states and cities is just a disaster. Last week, I told you all that um, in the Oklahoma gubernatorial debate. It was correctly mentioned by candidate Hoffmeister that the rate of violent crime in Oklahoma and Oklahoma City is higher than the rate of violent crime in New York State and New York City, respectively. And that is absolutely the case on MSNBC. Gavin Newsom interviewed by a seemingly smitten Alex Wagner, who was just enthralled with what he was saying, as she should be, because he is accurate when he talks about this stuff, saying, why aren't we doing better on this? The numbers are on our side. It's not just a messaging problem, but a messaging problem that has persisted with our party for years and years, constantly on the defense. We allow these culture wars to take shape and we consistently are on the back end of them. Eight of the top 10 states with the highest murder rates, all are Republican states. Yes. How do Democrats not know that? In fact, it's really nine out of 10. Georgia went for Biden, but it's really a Republican state or at least a red state. Eight out of 10. And we're losing that message. Crime is higher as well as taxes here for the average uh, citizen in Texas. It's higher crime, higher violent crime and property crimes than in the state of California. Sixty seven percent higher gun death rate in Texas. Why don't we push back? I don't know the answer to that. Why don't we push back? And remember, in my story last week, we looked at some of this data. And one of the things that you see Uh, As I mentioned, is that you've got Washington, D.C. with a very high violent crime rate um, in 2019. Uh, And then and also we have the numbers now for 2020. But you basically have red states. It's Alaska where violent crime is high. New Mexico is a blue state. Tennessee, red state. Arkansas, red state. Arizona went Biden, but basically a red state. Louisiana, Missouri. South Carolina, South Dakota, you've got to get down to Michigan before you get an actual uh, uh, another blue state. And then it's Montana, Nevada, 
Oklahoma, Alabama, Texas, and then you get to California and then you're almost halfway done with the list. You're almost at 25. Okay. It's similar to the repeated claims that Republicans are good for the economy. These are just lies. folks. We're going to lower the taxes and then uh, it'll encourage investment. And then just everything's going to be great. And the stock market will do well and unemployment will be low. Folks, go to the numbers. The the numbers aren't secret. If you have access to Google, you can find the primary source numbers. Overall, the economy does better by the following metrics under Democrats. Unemployment rate is lower. Job creation is higher. Inflation is lower. GDP growth is higher. Stock market returns are higher. There's many others. Okay. Now, if you want to make a case that even though the numbers are better when Democrats are in the White House, it's actually thanks to Republicans because of either a lag time, which has been debunked, or because of who controls the House mattering more. It's also been debunked or right. You could. But you've got to start with the data. And that's what the data is. I like what Gavin Newsom is doing. I like what Gavin Newsom is saying. Hey, this is just beyond parody. Absent father Herschel Walker said in uh, August of 2020 or no, I'm sorry, in August, uh, August 20th of this year said that you can't have absent fathers. It's bad when people are absent fathers. He sort of ran on. I'm going to make sure we don't have absent fathers, but he's an absent father. It's absolutely unbelievable. This is an interview between Herschel Walker and Diamond and Silk. And to be totally honest, now I'm not sure. Was this in August of 2020 or August 20th of 2022? Doesn't matter. Okay, absent father Herschel Walker has a message about absent fatherhood. And let's become fathers of those fatherless child. Ah. Meaning, let's try to direct them in the right way. Yeah, yeah. But we're not doing it. Well, can I just say this here? Okay, so you done raised your child. Now uh-huh. you got to go and try to be a father to somebody else. What about teaching our black men that if you lay down with a woman and you make a baby, it so, is your responsibility that, to stay there to make sure that that child is raised. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Give them good values that you have mm-hmm. that you say, you know what? And I said this to someone else. If you have a child with a woman, and even if you have to leave that woman, even if you have to leave that woman, you don't leave the child. Right. Oh. Right. You let that child know you try to work it out. You're going to be respectful to her. If you're going to be respectful to other things, you show that to your child. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, not following his own advice. Number one, Herschel Walker, completely absent as a father to look. I don't even know how many kids this guy has at least absent to some. I believe two kids. It's very hard to keep track of. And also recently denounced by his son, Christian Walker. You'll remember that multi multi teat, multi tweet screed, which included, quote, I know my mom and I would really appreciate it if my father, Herschel Walker, stopped lying and making a mockery of us. You're not a family man when you left us to bang a bunch of women, threatened to kill us and had us move over six times in six months running from your violence. 
couldn't he just tell the truth about any, anything? Oh, uh, absent fathers are bad. Well, he's an absent father. I'm a police officer. No, he's not. I trained with the FBI. I'm authorized this way and that way. No, you didn't. I ran some, what was the business he claimed he ran? And he did. It's hard to even keep track of the lies. And the Republican voters don't care because they either assume that it's fake news that he's lying. It can't possibly be. Or they straight up say, listen, Raphael Warnock's a Democrat. I'm not voting for him. Uh, and of course, how could I, could I forget? Abortion is murder. No exceptions ever. And then he goes and pays for a woman's abortion after urging her to get it and then urges her to get a second abortion, which she declines to do. Horrifying. We will have this clip on our Instagram, which you can find at David Pakman show. Plastic is everywhere we look and not enough is being done about it. One hundred billion plastic bags are used and thrown away every year. But you can help make a change. Our sponsor, Hold On makes trash and kitchen bags that are heavy duty, plant based, non-toxic and 100 percent home compostable, which means they break down in weeks rather than decades. They don't fill up our landfills. They don't pollute our oceans. Their zip seal kitchen bags come in sandwich or gallon bag sizes to fit your needs. And the best part about hold on bags is they work. I use them at home. They're just as good as all of the name brand bags. You fill them up, they stretch and they don't break. Everybody uses trash bags and freezer bags. If you care about the planet, you can do something by using hold on bags instead. And it's a really easy way to do your part to shop plant based bags and replace single use plastics all over your home. Go to holdonbags.com and you'll save 20% with the code Pacman at checkout. The link is in the podcast notes. Everything you do online can be tracked by your ISP, by tech platforms, the government, hackers. Everyone should be using a VPN every time you connect to the Internet. You turn it on once you forget about it. It's easy. Many VPNs secretly record your browsing and download history. But our sponsor, Private Internet Access, is the only VPN with the bulletproof commitment to never doing that because they're the only VPN that has proven their no log policy multiple times in court. Their systems are also independently audited by Deloitte to verify no logging. Private Internet access has a next generation server infrastructure with IP addresses in 83 countries and all 50 US states. It's one of the only VPNs fast enough for streaming video and downloading large files. For instance, private Internet access lets me access a bunch of great international soccer I can't otherwise get. VPNs can be very helpful with the upcoming World Cup and private Internet access has a 30 day money back guarantee, 24 seven customer support. And my audience gets 82 percent off. That's just two dollars and 11 cents a month plus three months free. Go to piavpncom slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. All right. The big political rally of the weekend was when a soaking, dripping wet Trump showed up to very windy Texas, supposedly to campaign in favor of Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. It was all about himself. It was all about me, me, me. I'm the victim. Everything bad happens to me. And yeah, I guess vote for these people sort of if you need to or if you want to. Uh, a very scary rally. Trump not only looked disoriented, glitched about a dozen or 14 times. Most rallies, he, he brain glitches two or three times. 
uh, but glitched at, at least a dozen times, but also saying things that are so crazy that we have to wonder if Trump really believes this stuff, something must be going on where he has entered an alternate reality, one that doesn't exist. Here, he suggests he's going to sue to get people's Pulitzer Prizes taken away and then wants Fox hosts to be given Pulitzer Prizes. Fantasy world. He, he might as well be on NARS. So you have reporters from The Washington Post and New York Times that got Pulitzer Prizes and they Pulitzer. reported the exact wrong thing. So within the next two weeks, we're suing the Pulitzer organization to have those prizes taken back. That's almost certainly not going to happen. And of course, if it does, no prizes are being taken back. We'll be doing that over the next two weeks. I think it's a very good lawsuit, but we'll see. But uh, we're, we're think of it. They got the Pulitzer Prize for wrong reporting. But other people should have gotten the Pulitzer Prize because, frankly, they got it right for years. And they don't do (laughs) Pulitzer Prizes for guys like Sean Hannity. Oh. But they should Mm. by a different name. And Tucker Carlson (laughs) and Janine Pirro. Imagine giving Janine Pirro a Pulitzer Prize. That that, but, uh, you know, most belligerent monologue. And Laura. And so many different people, but they don't get anything. They give Pulitzer. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, really scary, wacky stuff. And then, of course, Trump pulled out the C word. No, 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 not about women, guys. Get your mind out of the gutter. I'm talking about the word communism. For our very eyes, Biden and his left wing handlers are turning America into a police state. And I don't even think it's Biden, to be honest with you. But they got some bad people around now. Understand that at the same speech, he said Biden and Democrats don't care about our police. They're defunding police. They're getting rid of police and turning America into a police state with which police like something straight out of a communist country. See, I used to say socialist, but we've skipped socialism. We don't talk about that. I don't even mention it anymore. We're not socialists anymore. We're communists. We've gone over socialism. We're gone. It's over. It's communist. They're talking about communists. It's a communist system that. We- now, of course, there is absolutely nothing communistic about Joe Biden whatsoever. Uh, in fact, he's he's almost too much of a centrist for the social Democrats to even like him. But all of these terms meaningless, essentially, because Trump and the people behind him don't even know what they mean. Trump then continues to tell the lie that it was Nancy Pelosi who failed to use the military on January 6th. He's the commander in chief of the military, though. Hmm. Never talk about the fact that Nancy Pelosi refused to use the military and they didn't need 10,000 to 20,000. If they had 500 people, it would have been more than enough. Now, of course, Donald Trump was the commander in chief of the military at that time. And remember, Trump claims he ordered 10,000 troops and Nancy Pelosi said no. There is no evidence that Nancy Pelosi said no to anybody, not nor that she has the authority to. And there's also no evidence that Donald Trump ordered 10,000 troops, you know, like you order a Big Mac. Uh, simply no evidence of that at all. At another point during the rally, Trump alluded to, to a, a really insane conspiracy theory that there were satellites that changed votes from him to Biden. So we've heard about there were massive dumps. We've heard about 
you know, the number of sandwiches didn't make sense that they brought for the poll workers. We've heard all these other conspiracy theories, but this is a, a this is an extra crazy one. This paper ballots, the old fashioned way. That's the way you're going to stop. Would you agree with that, Mike? That's the way you're going to stop it. It's the only way we don't need satellites sending the signals all over the place. Somebody votes. Let's see. I'm going to vote for Trump. I love Trump. I'm going to vote for Trump. Trump. Bing, bing, bing goes all over the world, bum, 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 comes back Biden. How did that happen? Yeah. Also, it's kind of crazy that if you, th- you know, some of these conspiracy, you sometimes come across conspiracy theories that are not based in reality, but they have an internal logic where like if you accept that the conspiracy is possible and exists, it has an internal logic. This one doesn't even make sense. You're, you're going to, in a, instead of just flipping the vote on the machine, you're going to send the vote through a series of geostationary satellites and then it'll come back as a vote for someone else. Like it's overtly it's overly complicated. It doesn't even make any sense. Um, Trump, then this was maybe the most depraved moment of the entire thing. Trump said the way to get the information out of the Russia dossier uh, person is to put them in court and tell uh, put them in jail and tell them they'll be raped in jail. And the crowd laughs at prison rape. Easily made public. You know, in this country, they leak all over the place, even on the Supreme Court. By the way, you have to find the leaker of the Supreme Court. You have to find the leaker. You know how you find the leaker? They'll say, oh, this is treasonous, what I said. So they can't find the leaker. He leaked all about Roe v. Wade. Look, uh, this person leaked from the Supreme Court. Never happened. You know how you find? But they don't want to mention this because they think it's so terrible. You take the writer, because you're never going to find it. They're going through phone records. It's been a long time. You take the writer and or the publisher of the paper, a certain paper that you know, and you say, who is the leaker? National security. And they say, we're not going to tell you. They say, it's okay. You're going to jail. And when this person realizes that he is going to be the bride of another prisoner very shortly, (laughs) he will say, I'd very much like to uh, tell you exactly who that leaker it was built. So the joke is our prisons are so unsafe. Sometimes people are sexually assaulted. (laughs) Oh, that Donald Trump is so clever. Uh, Dystopian moment. The uh, a group of QAnon type people interrupted Trump and started singing the national anthem at the rally. And Trump allowed the entire thing to go on. Time he talks and cries. Dorks. These are the people we have. But remember this. January 6th, this committee, the two things they didn't talk about, two things, was that the people went down there and you could have had over a million people. Cult. So understand, and they they sing the entire thing. Understand what happened there. Okay. Cult leader Trump was bemoaning that they are going after the January 6th rioters. And as he does that in a show of defiance and seemingly support for the rioters, and I guess they're implying the rioters did something very patriotic. The crowd stands up led by a sort of conspiracy group in the front row area based on reports I've read and start singing the national anthem. This is a cult. Anything the cult leader says must be defended. And if it says 
if he says something really crazy, you get up and you sing the national anthem. Trump then ranting about the boxes, continuing to make wild claims, this time about presidents putting boxes in Chinese laundries. And I can assure you, this does nothing to exculpate Trump from what he did with those documents. Been looking at me for a long time, Dr. Ronnie. I'll tell you what, they found nothing. They have found one thing, I will say. They found that I, like you, am a great patriot. That's what they found. <laughs> it's a disgrace what's going on. Like the boxes hoax. Have you looked at the boxes hoax, okay? This is a new one. The boxes, you know? Mar-a-Lago. Have you seen the last five or six presidents, what they did? They took it. They're in Chinese laundries they're stored. They're in storage houses where the windows and doors are broken. It's a disgrace. (laughs) Now, we've already looked at each of those claims individually. They're all either deceptive or outright false, but it doesn't matter. They, They just grow. While the QAnon music played, then Trump attacked electric vehicles. We are a nation whose leaders are demanding all electric cars, even demanding, though they can't go far, cost too much, and whose batteries are produced in China with materials only available in China when an unlimited amount of gasoline is available inexpensively in the United States, but not available in China. Yeah, Um, there are now this is conservatively two electric vehicles with a 400 plus mile range. There are um, 15 electric vehicles with a 300 plus mile range. And there are uh, almost 20 with a 250 mile range. So it's 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 just pathetic. Now, maybe the cultiest moment of the rally, Trump calls up Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton to speak. When you go up there, if the cult leader gives you an opportunity to speak, you should damn well better know that you're supposed to just praise the cult leader when you're allowed to speak. And that's exactly what Ken Paxton does. Hey, so, so Mr. President, Dan Patrick and I were over here asking, how does this president draw a crowd year after year, thousands of people unlike anybody we've ever seen? And, And so I've been sitting here trying to figure it out. Right. And, and the, the question I thought was, what did you determine, Ken? Maybe it's, he's a great speaker. Well, Mr. President, that's true. You are oh. a great speaker. But I don't think that's why everybody's here. Is it because he's a great businessman? No. He clearly is a great businessman. But I don't think that's why everybody's here. Maybe it's because you're a great golfer. I don't think that's why everybody's here. This president and the people that come to see him are here because, in my opinion, you tell me if I'm right. He's done more for the American people than any president in our lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) So he was certainly on message. He knew exactly what he was supposed to do. Scary cult rally. These are serious cultists. Serious interventions would be necessary to get them out. And if you need more proof of that, let's look at some of the interviews with the cult members. So you've got your cult leader, which is Trump, and then you've got your cult members who are the Trumpists who go to the rallies. There was a rally in Texas over the weekend. We already looked at clips of Donald Trump speaking. Check out some of these interviews. One of the funniest things to me is when someone repeats some conspiracy theory and they don't even really understand it. And it's sort of like whatever, whatever the conspiracy theory is, I believe it. And here's a guy who says, listen, 
they stole, it was either 1 million or 100 million votes in Texas. And of course, Texas doesn't have a population of 100 million. How could you steal 100 million votes? Doesn't really matter. Check this out. Pelosi said there was, that could turn blue. She said that two years ago. So if they cheat, which Mike Lindell said, there was 100 million, a million votes stolen. So. Yeah, there, were, there was 100 million or a million votes stolen in Texas. Now, one of those numbers is, of course, mathematically impossible, but it doesn't matter to these people. They just, you know, I, I hate to do this. I really do, because I sometimes I think adopting the language of the right doesn't make sense. But they talk about they love to say that there's leftists who are NPCs, non-player characters. These are just like the background characters in video games who just they just repeat stuff. They don't do anything. They repeat, do the same motion and over and over again. That's what these people, I don't know, Lindell said it was like 100 million votes were stolen in Texas, maybe 1 million, I don't know, but clearly it happened. Here's a woman who raises mules, yes, who raises mules, and she drove 17 hours to the rally. Opened the people's eyes to the corruption in this government. He did more than any president in the history of this country. Gunshot. By the way, she raises mules. I raise mules. I love the hat. Trump kicks. This is my 30th rally. Drove 17 hours. 17 hours got here Wednesday. I'm from East Tennessee. Understand another uh, characteristic, another trait of cults and cult members who is willing to go the farthest. Literally and furthest figuratively. To please and show devotion to the cult leader. Here's a guy at the rally explaining that the biblical principles that Trump adheres to are why he loves Trump. Uh, the pr- biblical principles that Trump embraces is what really uh, what I really like about him. I've never heard another president invoke the name of God and Jesus more than I've heard uh, President Donald Trump, J. Trump. And that's the, the main thing for me is that he's embracing biblical principles and uh, follow the Bible and you can't go wrong. I love- yeah. Um, now, it is true that Trump will invoke the Bible frequently. Of course, he does it only as the most obvious form of of uh, pandering. And we say, who could possibly fall for that? Well, that guy fell for it. That guy fell for it. Uh, The leader of Latinos for Trump. I don't even know if that's real. She says God sent her to the rally to deliver a very important message to Donald Trump. Are all of these people merely mentally ill? No, I don't think so. I think it's it's radicalized politics in some cases combined with mental illness. And by the way, couldn't God deliver the message to Trump himself? Why didn't he did he need this lady? A message for Trump. I I have a message from the Lord for him. And I I need to get that message to him to tell him that he is to call this nation to fast, pray and repent, including himself and all the leaders, even faith leaders, because God wants his people back and he wants Trump back. And Trump used to surround himself with faith leaders and then COVID hit and he was separated from faith leaders. Right. That, that was the real tragedy of COVID. Trump was separated from all of the pastors. And, you know, um, he thinks he's fighting flesh and he's actually fighting a bigger in a bigger realm that he maybe doesn't understand or no one's explained it to him. And mm. I don't know if he's surrounded around people that just won't let us get this message to him, but it's important for that. I've been traveling the United States, identifying those leaders that can be assembled that understand. Yeah, well, she's going to give us that list and we'll examine how many of those people should be in prison. Um, a guy at the rally said that he was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. He knows exactly what Antifa looks like, and it was definitely Antifa. 
What did you see that day? I saw lots of Antifa, and I know how to recognize them in a the crowd. <clears throat> I was out on the West Coast. Uh, I was like a big Burning Man festival person. So I've seen these Antifa scum. I know what they look like. I smelled a rat. I didn't get anywhere close to the Capitol because I was going to wait and see uh, what it was going to be like. Let's also not forget her. Everyone forgets Roseanne Boylan. If I ever have a daughter, I'm going to name her Roseanne after Roseanne Boylan and, of course, Roseanne Barr, the other greatest American. Sorry, Roseanne Barr? Roseanne Barr. All right. That was a- okay. Yeah, it's all getting kind of a little bit weird. Um, one guy was asked, what's the thing you love the most about Trump? Here's his answer. What, what is the one thing you loved about President Trump? Um, just not caring about what other people think and ha- getting respect from other countries. Yeah. We're not now, respected anymore. Yeah. The truth is... Respect for the U.S. was at a historic low under Trump. And these folks just they, they refuse to acknowledge that or they don't care. Um, and then here is a January 6th defendant, Trennis Evans, who was one of the people in Nancy Pelosi's office. He says he coordinated with the Trump team to do the national anthem. Hearing that you led this effort with Donald Trump tonight to sing the Star Spangled Banner. Talk about it. Yeah, we have been pushing. Uh, actually, I came up with this idea on Wednesday, and I started pushing kind of late in the game here, asking. We started through social media pushes. We reached into the president's camp everywhere we could. I'm a J6 defendant myself. Uh-huh. So uh, reached into the camp everywhere we could, just saying, let's just sing in solidarity with these Yeah. He's a J6 defendant. And, of course, we need to show our solidarity with the rioters. Why? I don't know, but we need to. These are these are obviously delusional people, but these are dangerous people and it should not be. And listen, I hate to do something so crass, but remember, with the Manson cult. Um, they were not just followers. They were activated to become murderers and the cultists can be just as or more dangerous than the leader. The David Pakman show's longest running sponsor is Blinkist, the app that takes thousands of nonfiction books, boils each of them down into an explainer you can read or listen to in 15 minutes. Blinkist also condenses episodes of popular podcasts into 15 minute explainers. I've been using Blinkist for years to supplement the books I read. I love reading. I I read all the time. But there's even more books I don't have time to read. And you can often find those nonfiction books on Blinkist and consume the entire thing in 15 minutes. My favorite new feature on the app is Blinkist Connect, which lets you share your Blinkist premium account with someone else. You basically get two accounts for the price of one. And then you can also share Blinkist books and podcasts between users. I have a joint Blinkist premium account with my girlfriend Blinkist Connect lets us sync together what books and podcasts we're listening to on Blinkist sparks many interesting discussions. We just listened to Robert Greene's The 48 Laws of Power, the new version. Robert Greene, super interesting writer, find his books fascinating. You can try Blinkist free for seven days and get 25 percent off a premium subscription at Blinkist.com slash David Pakman. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash David Pakman to get Blinkist free for seven days and 25 percent off a subscription. The link is in the podcast notes.
I'm a big gardening guy. Many of you have seen the videos. We have a lot of fun with it on social media. And the crucial thing to any garden is nutrient-rich soil provided by composting. Composting your food at home means you don't need chemical fertilizer. It also reduces methane emissions from landfills. It reduces your carbon footprint. The big downside is that it can take over a year for food waste to fully decompose, but not when I have a Lomi by our sponsor, Pella. Lomi is a countertop electric composter. It turns food into fertile dirt in under four hours, no smell when it runs. It's super quiet, and it means I'm throwing out less garbage. I'm saving space in my trash can outside. The trash can no longer smells like rotting food since it all goes in the Lomi. The benefits of the Lomi just go on and on. I'm so glad I have one. I know you will be too. And you'll get $50 off when you go to Lomi.com slash Pacman and use the promo code Pacman. But do it fast. They're already 80% sold out for this month. Sometimes they're completely out of stock. That's L-O-M-I dot com slash Pacman. Promo code Pacman saves you $50. There is info in the podcast notes. All right, a couple other quick stories that I will not spend a ton of time on right now. Many of you wrote to me and said, David, uh, Trump advisor Stephen Bannon has been sentenced. He got four months in jail. And that is true, but he's not going to serve a day of it, at least not for now, because of an immediate appeal. So the update on that, you might recall that Trump advisor Steve Bannon was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. He ignored the subpoena. He was um, charged with contempt of Congress. He was found guilty. He has now been sentenced. Indeed, as the Associated Press reports, Bannon was sentenced to four months for defying the January 6th subpoena. Uh, District Carl uh, District Judge Carl Nichols, however, allows Bannon to stay free pending appeal, a potentially lengthy process and also imposed a fine of sixty five hundred dollars as part of the sentence. Pretty strict, huh? Sixty five hundred bucks. Bannon was convicted in July on two counts of contempt of Congress, one for refusing to sit for a deposition, the other for refusing to provide documents. Uh, Nichols handed down the sentence after saying the law is clear. Contempt of Congress is subject to a mandatory minimum of a month behind bars. Bannon's lawyers said you could give him probation. Prosecutors said give him six months. In my view, said the judge, Mr. Bannon has not taken responsibility for his actions. You think others must be deterred from committing similar crimes. Prosecutors argued Bannon deserves the longer sentence because he pursued a bad faith strategy and his public statements disparaging the committee itself made it clear that his goal was to undermine their effort to figure out what happened on January 6th. He chose to hide behind fabricated claims of executive privilege and advice of counsel to thumb his known at thumb his nose at Congress. Your Honor, the defendant is not above the law. And that is exactly what makes this case important. It must be made clear to the public, to the citizens, that no one is above the law. Um, So sentenced, if he ultimately serves the four months, because now there will be a very lengthy appeals process, and who knows if he will, is four months even a serious deterrent? And what I mean by that is part of defying these subpoenas to the one six committee is about showing loyalty to the cult leader, showing loyalty to the cult, to Trump. I'm going to stay true. Uh, I'm going to ignore the subpoena. If four months is all that is 
at the worst case waiting for you on the other end of it, it doesn't seem like a particularly strong deterrent from continuing to show your loyalty to the cult. Now, again, I have to mention this because of the comments I'm seeing about, oh, Bannon's going to get raped in prison. He'll learn real quick. First of all, the place Bannon is likely to go would be like a lower security federal facility, the type of place that Michael Cohen went to. There's not a lot of prison rape happening there. But more importantly, I've said this before and I want to say it again. When people talk about, oh, you know, even if they only get four months, it's going to be worse because they're going to get raped in prison. That is a disaster. The fact that our prison system is so ineffective at keeping prisoners safe, that sometimes there's sexual assault shouldn't be something that we relish and say, well, you can count on the punishment being a little worse. Guys, it's disgusting. Okay, and I don't care if the sentenced individual is a Democrat or Republican, a progressive, a conservative or whatever. The fact that sometimes people are sexually assaulted in prison is just a reminder of how uh, uh, poorly functioning our prison system is. So let's not stoop to that level. Bannon is appealing. Let's see what, if anything, he ultimately serves. Hey, this is really funny. Um, it, this is not the, the, the biggest news story, but Ted Cruz went to Yankee Stadium, uh, a place I've spent uh, uh, many, many hours at. And uh, he was at Yankee Stadium because the Houston Astros, Texas baseball team, are playing against the New York Yankees. And everything about it is just completely humiliating. At one point, Ted Cruz cheering for the wrong team. But the funniest part is actually something that has dramatically improved my opinion of Yankees fans. I've been to many you, you, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm a Red Sox fan, but I've gone to many, many games uh, at Yankee Stadium when the Red Sox come to town. And I, you know, uh, never cause any trouble or anything like that. But tr trouble sometimes finds its way to Yankee Stadium uh, during big rivalries. And I have to tell you that I just love, love, love the Yankee fans here. Here they are noticing that Ted Cruz is coming in. Listen to the treatment he gets. Yeah, so really getting the full treatment there from the Yankee fans. Also, another really funny moment um, in this in this clip, you're going to see the Yankees pitcher strikes out the Houston batter and you see Ted Cruz wearing a bright orange shirt and a vest right behind home plate. He cheers at the guy he's supposed to be rooting for striking out. Cruz doesn't know what's going on. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to play this actually without audio. You can see here in comes the pitch. And then it's in there for a called third strike and Ted Cruz cheers. <laughs> what a loser. Oh, dear God, he is just the worst. And then here is another little quick video of Ted Cruz um, leaving and again, getting getting the full treatment.
go back to Cancun. Now, more substantively, uh, substantively in terms of New York City, Ted Cruz voted against hurricane aid uh, after Hurricane Sandy ravaged New York and New Jersey back in 2012. And then in 2017, after Hurricane Harvey crushed Houston, he was saying, give us money, give us money, give us money. And when you ask him, aren't you a hypocrite? He was like, oh, no, no, no. Sandy was all pork. None of the money went to the victims, which, of course, was not true. He's horrible, truly horrible. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a very good question. Listen to this. Hey, David, why do you think that personal finance, at least very basic concepts, aren't taught in the public school system in the U.S.? I'm not sure if other countries do teach it, but just something as basic as intro to finance, something something simple. Um, why isn't that part of public school system and the curriculum? Yeah, listen, that's a great question. Everybody would be so much better off if personal finance started to be taught, certainly by age 12, if not younger, saving, just basic. You you could start very early. There's a few different reasons. Number one, there's the claim that public schools just can't afford it. You know, they say, listen, we've had to get rid of woodworking. We've had to get rid of a bunch of sports stuff, a bunch of electives. We just don't have the money for a personal finance class. Is it true or not? Well, you know, it's all about what you prioritize, but that's one reason that there aren't such classes. Uh, Another reason is teachers lack financial literacy as well. They weren't taught it either. So finding teachers to teach the class is sometimes a challenge. Parents are often not fluent in money matters, and they may not even know to request it as something that should or could be taught. Maybe there's a bit of a taboo around money. That's a factor as well. But it would be a great idea to start teaching personal finance early. I think part of a sign uh, of the demand for this and the need is how quickly our finance channel has grown. The the Pacman finance channel, which we launched about a month ago, youtube.com slash Pacman finance. It already has 12,000 subscribers. None of our channels, none of our platforms have ever gotten their first 12,000 subscribers this quickly. And I think it's clearly because there is a need, there is a desire for personal finance info. So find the channel youtube.com slash Pacman finance. We've got a great bonus show for you today. Producer Pat will join me. You sign up at joinpacman.com. You will get instant access to that bonus show.